it's another edition of the College Good Art Showcase Watchlist Show. Tracking the top NFL draft prospects on the planet each and every week. Brought to you by the NFL Draft Bible. Broadcasting around the globe. With your hosts, Joe Everett, Justin Gamble, and me, the R.I.C. Rick Saratella. We are on air. Oh, yeah, we're revved up right off of the College Gridiron Showcase scouting meeting. That's who we are, the College Gridiron Showcase and Symposium. This is the CGS Watchlist Show, episode number 40 here on Friday the 13th in October. Getting down to the nitty-gritty, we are uh, just about, let's see, three months, not even, away from the fourth annual College Gridiron Showcase and Symposium. Check it out, cgsallstar.com. January 6th through the 10th, 2018, last year we had 30 of the 32 NFL teams. I fully expect all 32 to be in attendance this year, over 100 NFL scouts, just about every CFL team as well. And, you know, we have dozens upon dozens of players uh, currently on NFL rosters. We're going to talk about some future College Gridiron Showcase prospects, some potential prospects. We do have some news to get to, uh, I am your host, RIC, and the place to be, Rick Saratella, telling you like it is when it comes to the NFL Draft. Check us out over at the NFLDraftBible.com. We have new scouting reports every day, the latest and greatest draft updates around anywhere on the planet, and, of course, the Twitter feed, at NFL Draft Bible. I think it's the most unique follow around. And then CGS All-Star, also on the Twitterverse. And today we're going to have uh, – co-founder Craig Red in just a second but before we do I want to introduce my co-host uh, Joe Everett working the switchboard for us never leave a stone unturned if you listen to our show you know this guy is uncovering prospects from coast to coast north to south east to west you can follow him on Twitter as well Joe W Everett two T's how you doing today Joe Joseph, are you with us? Still learning the switchboard, Rick, but I'm hanging in there uh, <laughs> for week seven and, you know, just on upset alert. It seems every week we're getting a new one, bro. Yeah, I, I, definitely. A lot of upsets in college football. Oklahoma uh, biting the bullet this past week. And uh, I was going to say, Joe, you're working the switchboard. Did you forget to punch yourself in here? Uh, do we have <laughs> Justin? <laughs> do we have Justin with us yet or not yet? I'm oh, in. Yeah. Okay, Justin Gamble, always dropping the gamble on him, always banging him over the head with the hammer when it comes to NFL draft prospects. He is the authority on Twitter, at Scout. He is Justin Gamble. He joins us right now. What's up, Justin? You know, I'm fighting a bit of a cold this morning, but, you know, there's there's no break from NFL prospects. There's no break from college football. So I'm here. I'm ready to do this. Let's get running, bro. Yeah, we just uh, have ourselves some of that Rocky Mountain medicine, some Coors Light, fuel right up, no problem. And, of course, uh, to provide us with this week's College Gridiron Showcase weekly reports and uh, always keeping us up to date on the latest happenings at the College Gridiron Showcase and Symposium. He is the co-founder, Craig Red, joining us now on the Defiance Fuel Hotline. What's happening, Craigie? Good afternoon, everyone. How's everyone doing today? Oh man, we're uh, we're pumped up off of that scouting uh, call we just had uh, discussing 
you know, some of our potential quarterbacks. And that's always an intriguing position, Craig, when it comes to all-star invites, because there's only so many spots and uh, quarterback always being one of the most critical, if not the most critical quarterback when it comes to evaluation. Without question. I mean, we we had a 50-minute discussion just on quarterback, and I think we still left stuff on the table. So. Uh, you're, you're right. It, it is definitely the, the most important position from any pro football team and no different from us with uh, discussing the, the right quarterbacks to have and invite at our event. But it, it was a great discussion. Again, anytime we had those scouting meetings, just leave energized. Yeah, just, just leave fired up and say, come on, let's go. Oh, yeah, we're uh, we're fired up and ready, and, you know, uh, some injuries occurring across the college football landscape, always throwing a little bit of a monkey wrench when it comes in uh, all-star game projections. But let's talk about the College Gridiron Showcase, the fourth annual event, Craig, that you guys have been doing. And it uh, seems like each and every week something new is occurring. What do you got for us this week? Uh, we're just, you know, locking down, uh, you know, a few more sponsors. But this week was very exciting because – it got back to football for all of us. It, we started sending out our invites this week. So that, that really is a very exciting thing for us because at the end of the day, we're football guys. So getting those invites out and, and starting to really talk to the prospects, talk to their coaches, you know, talk to the SIDs, the football ops guys, this is the exciting time of year for all of us. Yeah, and, you know, if you are – listening right now and you want to nominate a player for the college with orange showcase it's still not too late to do that uh cgsallstar.com they have the links there to the nomination ballot craig our watch list is up there we have the trailer to uh the upcoming uh dvd what else can they find over there on the website uh, you can find our sponsor information. Uh, as you said, we have a link there for you know our prospects. We have our scouting workshop now that's that's live and, and ready ready to go. So, yeah, we always try to keep the updated news up there on on players, on sponsors, anything like that. So, you know, if you go to the website, we're we're constantly updating, really almost daily. Um, so, from that standpoint, that's great. And you know, now it's you know it, it's Friday, so it's time to, to hit games. You know, I'll, I'll be at this weekend. I'll be at uh, Slippery Rock versus IUP, number nine versus number three in D two. So, you know, I'm excited. There, we have our young scout Mike Riddleman there with me this weekend. So, you know, looking forward to seeing you know a few prospects that we've we've been eyeballing and kind of see them live. So, this is that time of year. It's just exciting. Oh, yeah, digging in the crates, baby, uh, never leaving a stone unturned, prospects from every division, every level. That's the beautiful thing about the College Gridiron Showcase is the diversity. It's the most diverse all-star event. And, uh, really, we are the most NFL-like atmosphere when it comes to an all-star event, strictly from the style of the format, the OTA type of setup. We're really the only all-star game that incorporates scouts feedback as the week goes on so we can adjust as we go if a scout wants to see a player at another position we can do that things of that nature but uh, Craig you're a busy man I've taken up enough of your time today personally and uh, probably all of us (laughs) entirely but we always greatly appreciate it and we will uh, chat again next week my man look forward to it talk to you guys later all right that's Craig Red co-founder of the Cod Gridiron Showcase and Symposium 
you heard him mention that uh, scouting workshop that will be held down there in Addison, Texas. You can register for that on the website, cgsallstar.com. Of course, a limited amount of spots, but you will get hands-on training from NFL scouts. You'll be put through a workshop, classroom setting environment, and then also hands-on in the field environment. And uh, you'll be rubbing elbows with these two guys, Joe Everett, Justin Gamble, who I introduced at the top of the show. And each and every week, uh, we go through our FBS, FCS, under-the-radar prospect lists and then break down some of the marquee matchups for the upcoming week. So if you're a first-time listener, welcome to the show. If you're a repeat listener, hey, welcome back. And, of course, we are on iTunes now. The NFL Draft Bible is on Blog Talk Radio. We appreciate all your clicks and liking and sharing and spreading the word. Please re- Review us and leave a comment on the iTunes page so that people can see uh, what a real NFL draft podcast sounds like because, you know, our rating is currently not justifying our show. And quite frankly, we deserve to be up there on the top of the list. So we need your help with the comments there. And, of course, NFLDraftBible.com is where it's at. Nobody's banging you and bopping you with more scouting reports than us. So let's talk about some scouts' uh, perspective here with these two gentlemen here on the Cod Gridiron Showcase Watch List Show. First up, we have our FBS Player of the Week. And uh, to introduce us to our Player of the Week at the FBS level will be Justin Gamble. Take it away, Justin. Well, I wanted to keep it, you know, in the seniors, of course. And uh, I wasn't able to make it to the scouting call, unfortunately, so I'm not sure – um, what you guys went over, and maybe this guy's name was brought up, maybe he was talked about, I don't know what was said, but uh, I want to talk about him today, and it's the guy who, I guess you could say, outdueled Lamar Jackson last uh, Thursday night, I believe it was, um, and it's the redshirt junior quarterback Ryan Finley from NC State. Um, Dane Brugler was saying the other day on Twitter, you know, the more and more you watch this guy, his game just grows on you. He looks the part, he plays the part, he is you know, an NFL prospect quarterback. And I think um, watching him last year, he was definitely a guy that I put on my radar and I said, you know, that that's, there's some NFL things that this kid is doing. Um, and then watching him last week going 21 or 20 of 31 for 367 in a touchdown versus Louisville, um, 6'4", 210. The guy just, if, you know, right off the bat, he looks the part. So you, you, you key in on him, you start watching him. And then, you know, Every snap after snap, he's making NFL throws. He's throwing on time. He's in rhythm. He's getting his team set up at the line. Um, there's just not many things he doesn't do well. Brian Finley is a transfer from Boise State. He, I believe, is in his sixth year of eligibility, pursuing a liberal arts degree, um, getting his master's now at NC State. He was all academic or all American or whatever last year. Um, and it shows on the football field. He's a smart kid. He makes – I don't like to say makes good decisions because I feel like that's really vague and that's kind of too broad when we talk about quarterbacks. But when you see him continuously throw on time and continuously make the right reads when you go over the t- when you you know when you watch the tape a second time, it's just kind of uh, it's interesting how under the radar he's going right now with um, you know the NFL size and the arm strength and the ability to make all the throws. Now, I don't think he's got, you know, a howitzer for an arm or anything like that, but uh, he can definitely drive the ball downfield. He can definitely throw the deep out. 
He can, you know, throw underneath. He can throw between the numbers. There's just not many things that I'm seeing he cannot do um, so far. So, you know, as a scout, you ask yourself, what can this player do? He can pretty much do everything. And then when I try and say, well, what are his major weaknesses? What are his um, biggest flaws? There's just not much that you can say, like, he does this super poorly. So I think as the season kind of goes on, maybe, Ryan Finley's going to get, you know, he's, I think his hype train is going to start to build, and I think this might be a future senior bowl invite. So, um, you know, especially against Louisville watching last week, it was a tough game, and, you know, we th- we're thinking he's going to have to outdo Lamar Jackson, and he kind of did. I mean, he put up 39 points against Louisville with that offense. So um, he is a guy that I am definitely going to be watching closely moving forward, and I think this could be a potential NFL starter. I love it. I, I, I agree with you. He's very under the radar right now, extremely under the radar, and he will now be on the radar because of this show, but more importantly because of what he did against Louisville last week. And if you tuned in, then, you know, one of our marquee matchup previews was that Louisville-NC State matchup, and Justin called the upset special of the week. He hit the nail on the head. He told us to look out for this Ryan Finley, and, you know, he did deliver – and so now NC State will continue uh, to make a strong march to close the season. So um, that is our FBS Player of the Week. We turn our attention now to the Under the Radar Player of the Week. To do that, it is Joe Everett. He never leaves a stone unturned. And, uh, Joe, before we get to your Under Radar prospects, your thoughts on Ryan, can you feel me, Finley? Oh, hard not to like what you've seen. Uh, he's just doing his job, running the scheme. Um, yeah, and he has put himself on the radar just with his play. I mean, I, I would assume we're not the only show talking to, about him after this start. It's um, I, I I just don't really think I, last season I, I, I wouldn't even look at him on the NFL draft radar, just to be honest. Yeah, incredible the, the way that uh, his – Draft stock continues to climb here. And, hey, you know, we've seen it in the past. Uh, this is probably an old example. I'm sure there's been more. But you take a look at a guy like Carson Palmer, who wasn't even on the Blessed International reports. And, and, you know, I can't remember if he went number one overall, but he did. He was a, a first-round pick. I think he was number one overall. So you can ascend uh, with, with, during the season. So, uh, Joe, Take it away with your under-the-radar player. Well, I'm, 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 I never leave a stone in turn, but I always leave myself on mute. I will say that. Uh, I'm sounding the alert, boys. It's time for the land ram alert. Uh, Oklahoma found out. Iowa State in that upset. Uh, uh, the guy's just a gamer. I, I know he's no quarterback, former quarterback converted to linebacker, but I think this is a classic case of just give, give him a helmet. He's going to go make a play. Uh, I kind of threw him away after finding out about this convert to defense, but after he posted, what, 20 total tackles against Texas, uh, and then this last game, playing both ways in that upset, uh, I'm putting him back on the board as an inside linebacker. He's, you know, not some dynamo athletic, but he's a tough kid. He's just He just answers the bell every single time, and those intangibles uh, right now just – First year of defense, he's leading the team in tackles. The guy sees the field from the QB's eyes. He understands coverages. It's all he's worked with most of his football life. And I, I just I think how fast he's picked things up 
uh, speaks volumes. And really, I think he's a late-round kind of draftable type linebacker. But as far as – I don't know if he was under the radar because we knew who he was, but I don't think anyone anticipated him playing defense this well. And just a – he's just a, you know, tough – kid. He, he was a champion high school wrestler. I mean, now he's thrown, what, three t- touchdowns in a game. He's run for five touchdowns. Now he's gotten 20 tackles in the game. And uh, I would encourage listeners to just to check that upset win. Uh, just watch it again for what it's worth. There's probably five, six bootleg versions on YouTube right now. But that's what college ball is all about. I mean, he could have played both ways. He could have played in the, you know, uh, the 40s because uh, he just knows how to get it done and um yeah some of the things he did he, i think he converted two fourth downs in that play he recovered a fumble he sacked baker mayfield i'm i'm not gonna say it was a perfect game because in space baker mayfield a couple of times made him look like a fool but that's that's what baker mayfield does but uh as far as joe landing in this iowa state i think he stole the show player of the game by far and uh, definitely on the nfl radar now because of just uh, I think coaches love it when you pick up something that quick. It just shows the upside that, uh, you know, this convert could be the best thing for his professional career. And then uh, under, another under the radar here just in the same game where Kyle Kemp came from, uh, that quarterback threw three touchdowns and what I think was his first career start anywhere. He's basically a walk-on. He was at Oregon State. He was at Hutchinson Community. Uh, that first game there, uh, have to – Keep an eye on the grad senior there. It's uh, I, I don't know if he's any kind of pro prospect, but a game like that in your first outing, uh, props to Kyle Kemp as well. So yeah, it's a it's a lot, a lot of cyclone flavor under the radar there. Yeah, and I I love the post game interview with the head coach there, and and the sideline reporter asked him, you know, what what a great performance from your third string quarterback. Did you ever think? you'd get that out of your backup and he just was like, yeah, he's not a backup quarterback anymore. So, (laughs) you know, you could definitely (laughs) expect him to, you know, be in that saddle the rest of the way, just uh, an outstanding game. And, you know, you mentioned Lanning, just an incredible story and a guy that, man, he is heavily, I, you know, talk about a a prospect being talked up about now. Uh, Joel Lanning is a guy, you know, receiving a lot of that, draft Twitter attention, I suppose. So uh, a pair, two for the price of one from Joe Everett this week from uh, some Iowa State Cyclones there. Um, Time for our FCS Player of the Week, and uh, that's going to lay on me. And, you know, Lehigh, the Steelhawks, um, they're not having too much success this year. They're, They're having a down year, in fact, uh, it's complete opposite of the season that they had a year ago when they were the Patriot League champions. And, you know, this wide receiver here, though, just keeps on ticking away, rewriting the record book there for them. This uh, Troy Pelletier, I mean, he comes in at six two, 210 pounds. I think he will test in the uh, four or five, you know, low to mid four or five range, but he has caught the attention. Not only has he caught everything his way, he has caught the attention of the NFL and uh, just an incredible week this past week. I don't have his numbers in front of me, unfortunately, but I think he went for like, you know, seven for a buck 80, had a touchdown or two, but um, a very strong physical wide receiver. And you don't find too many wideouts that enjoy 
blocking. This is what, uh, you know, this Troy Pelletier, he is just a physical guy. He will go up in traffic in the end zone and just rip the ball out of a defender's hands. He will level a defender on a run play. I love his aggressiveness, his tenacity, his ability to make the tough catches, uh, high points in the ball as well. So uh, Troy Pelletier, do not um, underestimate the small school name. Uh, this kid has a big-time game. So that is my FCS watch list player of the week. And uh, that does it for our player spotlight segment there with the FBS, FCS, under-the-radar prospects, uh, handful of guys for you guys to file, you know, store in the memory bank and, and pull out come draft season. So uh, time to shift gears to the second half of our show. It's brought to you by Parabolic Performance and Rehab. Check out goparabolic.com our NFL draft prep program. We're going to actually get kicked off in December. It's going to be a pre-combine training type of situation. If you want more information, you can email me, RIC, at NFLDraftBible.com. We are excited about a lot of things going on. Uh, Marvin Jones, our defensive coordinator from the Cosgood Earn Showcase, will now be our linebackers coach this season. We're excited about that. We have – couple other coaching announcements that we will announce and now you know the largest training facility on the east coast over at sportica sports in manalapan new jersey so check it out gopowerbolic.com backslash nfl draft prep and it's time for the marquee matchups of the week um we will start off with justin this week and for his marquee matchup what do you got for us there justin yeah, I feel like we've talked about the Big Ten just ad nauseum, man. But as a scout, your job is to watch these guys, watch the prospects play against other prospects. Um, so, you know, watching Florida beat up on, you know, little sisters of the poor or watching some of these high, these top prospects just destroy, you know, God knows who. It's kind of stupid. So, I mean, I feel like, We've talked about Nebraska. We've talked about Ohio State, but they're going to battle each other this week, and there's a few under-the-radar prospects on each team possibly that somehow don't get talked about a whole lot. So this week, and it's Tanner Lee, the quarterback for Nebraska, not getting a lot of talk, and I think it's because, you know, he has that stigma of, well, he throws interceptions, but he's a mobile kid. He's 6'4", 220. He's got an arm on him. Um, And, you know, when you watch – a college quarterback, it's it's rare to see a guy that wants to test tight windows and is trying to, um, you know, snap by snap, it feels like win his team the game. I mean, this guy just takes chances that NFL quarterbacks sometimes don't take. But it's encouraging to see because it's harder to coach a quarterback out of his conservative shell than it is to say, hey, you know, dial it down a little bit. Let's just let's let's move the chains. Let's move the sticks and, you know, get on the right path here. This guy has Stanley Morgan Jr., uh, this, his junior wide receiver, who is kind of having himself a breakout season. Um, he's starting to turn into a dynamic weapon, and he also has senior Demorne Pearson L, who's a little undersized, but he's kind of dynamic as a as a uh, run after the catch threat. So, um, I'm interested to see what Tanner Lee can do to these to this uh, what seems like a little bit of a vulnerable Ohio State secondary. Um, he's also got the senior tight end, Tyler Hoppus, who's 6'4", 245, and he's, he's showing off some ability as well. So I think if the O-line can protect Tanner Lee, 
we might be able to see uh, Nebraska, you know, give Ohio State a run for their money. They're without starting corner Damon Arnett for the first half this week. He was called for targeting in the second half last week. So, um, if you know, it's it's just one of those things where I want to see prospect go against prospect, and I want to see some of these Nebraska playmakers try and test what looks, like I said, like maybe a vulnerable Ohio State defense. You never know who you're going to get with them each week. I mean, Baker Mayfield and the Sooners made them look absolutely silly for an entire 60 minutes. So, um, yeah, like I said, Tanner Lee is a guy that I'm really – he's on my radar. He's been on there all season. He had a great game against Oregon. He's had a few good games this year. Even when he throws a lot of picks, I enjoy watching him do it because he's testing those tight windows, and he is showing off that arm strength. Um, the kid doesn't back down. So, Nebraska, give him give him hell this week, man. Well, it's it's uh, definitely intriguing. You know, Tanner Lee is the guy I've been monitoring. There was a lot of um, good things coming out of the Manning Passing Academy during the off season there, and you know, have been kind of paying attention with a little bit of preseason hype there. You mentioned. The Oregon game, three touchdowns, but also four interceptions. Followed that up with a three INT performance against Northern Illinois and then had a pair of interceptions there against Rutgers and and let the Scarlet Knights hang around there until the fourth quarter. But he since then bounced back with uh, two back-to-back strong games. And there's going to be a lot of mixed reviews. So I think, you know, you're correct when this upcoming matchup could really – do a lot of wonders for Tanner Lee's draft stock, or it could, you know, maybe hurt his draft stock, but we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that matchup and, and uh, definitely a marquee matchup heading into this college football weekend. Uh, Joe, any thoughts on what Justin just said and uh, also your marquee matchup for this week? I think this is a, a really great platform for Tanner Lee to show off what he does well. Um, then, you know, people that want to criticize him, I, I still think he's a little bit more ready uh, to take on the pros. He's seen a lot of different offenses. He's got good footwork. I mean, th- that that drop back and, and, and the release, they seem to be married, whereas some quarterbacks, I still don't think they even have a plan of what drop back, how many steps they're even doing. I mean, there's some offenses, they just don't even do that to where – uh, at least Tanner Lee is going to have some of those elements already in place. So uh, that's why I think some people that may not say, well, he, he he had this bad game, he had that bad game, why is he a prospect? I think there's just a lot of tools there. So, yeah, big-time platform game for him, and uh, definitely one I'll be watching. Uh, so I have a strong feeling there will be a lot of points scored in that one, but I'm sticking to Big Ten again. I'm, and, hey, Justin said it, though, I mean, you got to do your job and cover your locals, and that's what I'm doing. I've been infatuated with Purdue, uh, the job Jeff Brom's doing, and uh, just breaking down their offense. It's two underclassmen, a quarterback, and I don't think either of them are all that good. Uh, Blau's the dual-threat guy. Sindelar is the sophomore. I think he's a more accomplished passer, but uh, we'll see on the NFL radar for now. Um, the running back now it's going to have to fall on DJ Knox, Um I'm uh, skipping on the freshman that got hurt who was leading the team, but Knox is a a shifty kind of back. He's a very good receiver, and that kind of dual threat that uh, Brom loves out of this offense. And I don't want to stick to underclassmen too much, but the leading receiver is Jackson Anthrop, Lafayette local, younger brother of Danny Anthrop. 
uh, and also wearing 33. I think that's what his brother wore too. So uh, it's just nice to see that family lineage carry on in, in Lafayette and what that means to the city. I tell you that uh, that kid's lighting some people up with smiles ear to ear. Uh, very young O line. Uh, in Lafayette. I think they've got one senior, uh, Steinmetz, a, is a grad transfer from Rhode Island or somewhere out out east. Uh, he's definitely a chowd-sounding kind of guy, but really big, giant right tackle. That's uh, under-the-radar offensive lineman to watch, but I think the real culture change for Purdue has come on defense. Um, that new off, uh, that new defensive coordinator from Western Kentucky that Brom brought with him has just Change the attitude. There's some real biggins uh, up front, namely uh, Jalen Robinson, the son of Big Dog, Glenn Robinson, the basketballer. Well, his kid's not too bad at the old three-tech. I think that's where he translates uh, at the next level. And there's a, another sophomore in there, heaviest guy on the team, Lorenzo Neal, to watch out for in the future. And two senior linebackers, Jawan Bentley and TJ McCollum, uh, really lead the way for them. So I, I see this as a competitive game and you know, maybe Vegas doesn't uh, look at it that way, but who cares about them? This is a Big Ten rivalry. Uh, Purdue's going to be in this, and I, I don't want to waste too much time on Wisconsin on offense. You guys know what they're going to do. It's Fab Frosch, John Taylor, and this massive offensive line, another offensive line loaded with juniors and sophomores. Uh, Michael Dieter at center, that junior, he's he's a pro player for no doubt. And then uh, Bo Benchwell. I think that's another guy at right guard, a junior. might be in this draft class. We'll see how things go. And then uh, nine-finger Fumagalli, Troy Fumagalli at tight end. That that guy's just nifty. I mean, he's a big, tall, lanky chain mover. He dominates close quarters. He can kill you in jump ball. He just converts. And, uh, yeah, that's the – if I ever get to talk to this guy, it's like, man, how many chains you'd be moving every single game. That's just – it's what he does, Mr. Reliable. So that's – that's what they do on offense, and then um, short and sweet on defense, man. They've got three seniors up front that just beat people down. Uh, they're all physical. Uh, Connor Sheehy, Chikwe Obasi, uh, they're just laying the wood pretty much uh, every down. So that's that's why Wisconsin's points against. You know, it's yes, they have talent in the secondary. Those linebackers are flying, but that senior trio, is uh, they set the tone, and I don't think there's a better story in uh college football than Dakota Dixon. Dad died of a heart attack. Mom just disappeared. Rough neighborhood, raised by a family friend, him and his brothers. So uh, I, I think he's uh, not only a great story, but he just maintains edge. He pops runners if they get off to the sideline, and he just he sees the field really well. I'm, uh, I think he's going to be an ideal strong safety type at, at the next level, uh, next level. So, yeah, this Badgers defense, they're a tough sell, but I'm – I'm seeing a competitive Big Ten game here. I don't know why. What is it, 16 and a half? Maybe up to if I can get a 17, I'm uh, I'm taking, not laying in this. Well, you know, <clears throat> the Big Ten action has been uh, very intriguing, and uh, Joe Everett also does the Bang the Book podcast here on the Blog Talk Radio. You can search for that and find some more predictions like that. But uh, yeah, Dakota Dixon, one of the more remarkable stories of the college football season. I think another fast riser when it comes to uh, NFL draft stock, but sign me up. 
for the nine finger Fumagalli tribe, I mean, oh man. Hey, <laughs> Joe is not only a client, he's also the president of the nine finger Fumagalli tribe. So you can sign up now, NFLDraftBible.com. But I love the references, love the bloodlines <laughs> today, fellas, with the big dog Robinson and uh, um, uh, Stanley Morgan Jr. We all remember Stanley Morgan Sr. And, you know, it's uh, been a great show. It's, it's time flies. When you do um, College Gridiron Showcase scouting meetings and podcasts, I suppose. So we've ran through another episode here. We're going to uh, get to these guys' parting shots. But before we do, I just want to remind everybody that uh, NFLDraftBible.com is where it's at. It's uh, new and improved. We have updated positional rankings. We have big board rankings, um, best players, you know, grades, regardless of draft class. I think is uh, very unique that really I don't think anybody else is out there doing. I know uh, Justin Gamble, who uh, just co-hosted the show with us, if you like what he has to say, uh, we'll have one of his mock drafts coming very soon up there on the website. Joe Everett has been uh, hitting us with uh, names coast to coast, never leaving a stone unturned, posting the scouting reports up there on the website. As well, I've been uh, unveiling some positional previews, and if you want to find out who the top uh, quarterback and running back prospects are in each conference, I did that. I also rated the top senior prospects at the quarterback and running back position, and we also delved into some of the mid-major prospects, the FCS prospects, and next week I'll be unveiling my top wide receivers in each conference. So uh, we have all kinds of great content up there. If you want to keep tabs on what's going on with the NFL Draft Bible, visit the website. Follow us on Twitter at NFL Draft Bible. Um, we're all over the social media networks on YouTube. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, can't stop, won't stop. You know the spiel. But it's time for the parting shots segment of the show. And uh, Parting Shots, brought to you by PremierAthleteAdvisors.com. Check out PremierAthleteAdvisors.com, our good friends Adam and uh, Matt over there. So with that being said, we will turn our attention over to Justin Gamble for his parting shot. Well, I just want to say, you know, I think there's a lot of flaws in the way that, you know, maybe quarterbacks are evaluated as a whole. Um, I've been studying Deshaun Watson a lot, actually every single game so far um, that I've been able to, uh, that he's played with the Texans, Um, you know, studying the all 22, breaking everything down. And it's, it's tough to see his box score and, you know, maybe his fantasy point score, blah, 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 all that. Um, And, you know, argue against that he's playing well, but, when I watch this kid still, he's the same guy that made the same kind of mistakes at Clemson. Um, he's terrified of the middle of the field. He drops his eyes when his first read is taken away. He's just inaccurate over the middle. And I'm, so I'm watching him, and I'm saying, well, you know, he's still having, quote, unquote, success as a rookie quarterback. But now I'm watching, you know, the way that people are tearing down Josh Allen as a quarterback. I'm coming out and saying, you know, he is not a legit prospect. This is a day two, maybe day three guy. And, you know, it kind of just makes me ask, like, what are we watching when we look at quarterbacks now? Because Josh Allen has, you know, infinitely the amount of traits that Deshaun Watson could ever have, especially physically. 
Uh, he is not afraid to go through his progressions. He can sling the ball into the middle of the field, you know, between the numbers. He ha- he's accurate when given time. He's still mobile. He's big. He's strong. Is the, I mean, are we saying that Josh Allen cannot could not be doing what Deshaun Watson is currently doing with with the Texans right now? I mean, if you watch the Texans last game, the play calling and the offensive setup, the scheme, it allowed Deshaun Watson to pretty much do nothing except throw a few corner routes and lob up a few nine balls um, that his receivers were able to make plays on. I mean, the RPOs that he's running are confusing the defenses. Just the dual, the way that the offense is set up. I mean, who was it? Uh, Tennessee was absolutely baffled last week. Uh, their their defense on a snap-to-snap basis was beyond confused and almost just laid back and kind of took it from Bill O'Brien's offense. So I just when, – when I watch an NFL quarterback have any kind of success, I have to ask myself, could this prospect so-and-so, you know, whoever we're talking about coming out, could he replicate this? And I think that's where – it, it confuses me when we say Josh Allen is not a legit NFL prospect because I think he could be doing everything Deshaun Watson is doing and so much more. So um, I think it's, the way that we evaluate quarterbacks, I think, needs to change. And there's just so many different ways to look at it. And I think it's tough when we don't do that. Um, to me, Josh Allen is still a top 10 prospect. I don't think you're going to find a guy with this ability and level of traits and leadership just the way that he handles himself and the things he can do on the football field to me this is the top 10 prospect and when you look at the guys some of the players in the nfl that are currently having success or have had success you have to say you have to understand that josh allen could do that he could be better than andy dalton he could be better than tana he could be better than so many of these guys so why tear him down throughout the process when he's clearly going to be a solid nfl quarterback that's my spiel for today. Um, it's frustrating for me to see the slander on Josh Allen, but I still believe in the kid. Well, I think there's a lot of truth to what you said, valid points. And I would argue that, quite honestly, you know, it doesn't get talked about too much in the media, but uh, a lot of times, you know, the guys that make the wrong decision by staying in school, you know, I hope Josh Allen – doesn't go the way of Matt Barkley and Cardell Jones in years past where I do believe that Josh Allen, in my opinion, would have gone higher than Deshaun Watson in this past year's draft. And I think sometimes, yeah. And and when you come back, you leave yourself open to more scrutiny. And I think we're seeing that when you talk about, I think there was three receivers that went for a thousand yards last year that Josh Allen lost Tanner Gentry, the two guys that we had down at the college gridiron showcase, you know, his whole supporting staff is gone. And, you know, I, I agree with you, Justin. I do believe he's a top 10 talent. I think he made a mistake by returning to school. I think there was a lot of intrigue and due to the, questionable quarterback class last year we saw how many guys went in the first round josh allen no doubt would have been a first round pick would probably have gone higher than deshaun watson and he decided to return and you know he is really being scrutinized and placed under that spotlight so uh good stuff from justin gamble we'll turn it over to joe everett for his parting shot any thoughts there on josh allen Oh, now I'm just banging the table right now for Justin. I totally agree. And, yeah, if, if 
I had a pick in last year's draft. You guys know I was I was a supporter of Watson, but I definitely would take Josh Allen first. I mean, that guy is athletically, and once again, it's just what he has the potential to do, all the tools that he's bringing to the table and that type of arm strength and the game he has. And I will have to admit, uh, being a supporter of Deshaun Watson, looking into these uh, last two games, yeah, there's been a lot of what Justin said. Uh, specifically, when the first read's not there, he's bailing. He is not continuing through the progression, and uh, he's going to get caught. Tennessee is a real bad secondary, and they didn't have John Cyprian in the lineup. In Kansas City, without Eric Berry and uh, the other uh, corner opposite Marcus Peters, uh, I think it's Gaines. He's just not uh, brand. So uh, we'll see what happens when they play Seattle. You know, the Rams, Baltimore. There, there will be some uh, tougher challenges ahead for Watson. But yeah, my final thing is it's probably evident by my breakdown of Purdue, Wisconsin. I'm a huge fan of the turnaround Jeff Brom has done here for a dumpster fire like Purdue, and just all this great crop of new coaches. Not necessarily new coaches, but turning it around in old places. P.J. Fleck is making Minnesota into a physical team now. They just beat people up and run the ball. Ed, say what you want about Lane Kiffin, but there's a real buzz around this FAU program. And speaking of top ten rushing offenses, uh, and Ted Tedford, or Jeff Tedford, rather, uh, doing some real good work at Fresno, Justin Wilcox at California. Once again, criticize them all you want. Cal's actually playing some defense. It's uh, some really refreshing looks and some programs that haven't been competitive at all. And, yeah, I'm I'm putting in my vote now, gentlemen, uh, Jeff Brom, Coach of the Year. That's uh, If I get a vote, that's the guy I'd vote for. Just I can't speak enough about the culture change, just the look on the players' faces, the attitude on the sidelines. These guys are jacked, and you haven't seen that since Joe Tiller. Yeah, I I agree, and uh, definitely a great hire, um, and Purdue is lucky to have him. So uh, good stuff there. From Joe Everett, we're moving and grooving towards the final part of our show, our parting shots. And, you know, we mentioned at the top of the show that College Gridiron Showcase invites have begun to go out this week, and, you know, that involves me calling a lot of schools, a lot of players, a lot of players, a lot of players' parents, a lot of people are being fed gas from agents, gassing these players up. More gas than your lawnmower in the shed out back. And it's really unfortunate because, you know, unless your parent did play in the NFL, you really don't have a clue about the NFL draft process. And there's a lot of a lot of bad agents with bad intentions. And unfortunately, to become a certified NFLPA agent, really all you have to do is pass a test and pay a grand or two. So because of that, you have 800 or so, more than that, certified agents. Maybe, maybe 200 of them, probably not that many, actually have a client in the NFL. And, you know, to stay a certified agent, I think you have to have at least one player in the league uh, within your first four years. So there's a lot of these cats that want to have skin in the game. And what they do is they gas 
these prospects and they gas these fringe borderline draft prospects. They gas these FCS players and tell them they're day two picks. You're going in the top 100. Take a look at the numbers. Ain't too many FCS players going in the top 100. The reason why I tell you about this is hopefully there's some senior players listening to this very podcast. You might not know how the draft process works. You might not understand that there are only a limited amount of all-star spots reserved in January. Take a look at the all-star games. Take a look at how many spots. Add them up. It really is a privilege and honor to be in one of these events. And the reason why I'm laying it out there like this is because these agents, these advisors, these runners, a lot of them are going to tell you what you want to hear. A lot of it's just not true. And, you know, we here at the College Gridiron Showcase had three players drafted, three. So, you know, if you come to our event, there's, there's a reason why you're there, because there's questions in your game. The Senior Bowl didn't want you. The East-West Shrine game didn't want you. But you know what? We still have damn near 50 players surviving in the league right now. You know why? Because we've done a great job cornering that undrafted free agent market, identifying talent that has fallen through the cracks that may not get drafted but are going to outplay players that do get drafted ahead of them. And I think the statistics really reflect with the amount of scouts that attended the event last year. We had 111 from the NFL ranks, 30 of the 32 NFL teams. And when I see Mike Tomlin and and Bruce Arians, I'm going to let them know that, you know, they're doing their organizations a disservice by not coming to our event last year. But, you know, I've spoken to a lot of these players, and, you know, the first wave of invites went out this week. We actually had a couple players from the FCS level that are not going to get drafted. I will never say never, but the current projections – appear that they won't get drafted, but these agents have gassed them up so much that between the years, they think they're a top 100 guy, a day two selection. Matter of fact, according to them, Phil Savage should be calling any minute now. So (laughs) all you players out there, that think you're getting a call from the senior bowl, there's only a hundred of you. And to deny an invitation to any all-star event, any, is just dumb, flat out stupid. And denying yourself an opportunity to be seen by over a hundred NFL talent evaluators. So if you do get a call from me, from Joe or Justin, Craig or Jose, or any College Gridiron Showcase representative, understand what it means, know the privilege, and take the time to do your homework. Go to cgsallstar.com. Find out what we're about, what we do. Why would you deny yourself an opportunity because you're too good? Give me a break. That's my parting shot. 
I want to thank everybody for the show. Craig Red, Jose Jefferson, Justin Gamble, Joe Everett, myself, RRC in the place to be, Rick Saratella. We're telling it like it is. Joe, cue it up, man. Play that funky music. We'll catch you next time, everybody. Back at it again. It's another edition of the College Good Art Showcase Watchlist Show. Tracking the top NFL draft prospects on the planet each and every week. Brought to you by the NFL Draft by Broadcasting Around the Globe. With your hosts, Joe Everett, Justin Gamble, and me, the RIT, Rick Saratella. We are on air. <laughs>